Hello and welcome to the Nourish Gut Podcast. This space is for you if you suffer from digestive issues such as IBS, SIBO or even bowel disease. This is also the place for you if you're thinking about having a baby or if you have young children and would like to learn more about the infant microbiome. I am your host, Carly Raven. I'm a naturopath, clinical nutritionist, gut health expert and mother. My mission is to resolve complex gut health issues and reduce the prevalence of gut disorders by educating parents just about how vital gut health is in infants. So if you're ready to get your shit together, please grab a cup of tea, sit back and enjoy and let's improve our guts together. Hello and welcome to episode seven of the Nourish Gut podcast. I am so excited for today's episode. I love talking about this topic and I don't know how I'm going to keep it to like the bite-sized chunk that I like to keep these podcasts to because that's my goal is to kind of keep this podcast, you know, and the episodes short and sweet and just giving you the information that you need because when I listen to a podcast, that's exactly what I need as a mum and yeah, I need to get started on the content because... I've got a lot to cover. So today we're talking about whether you have IBS or SIBO. And this is a really great question. And if you have IBS, you need to ask yourself, do I have SIBO? So I want to ask you, have you been experiencing symptoms like bloating, cramping, indigestion, abdominal pain, constipation, diarrhea, acne, anxiety, reflux. And if you are, then you need to know more about small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, a term that I commonly refer to SIBO. And how common this is, because It is so relevant to you because it is so often underdiagnosed and can be the underlying cause of IBS in up to 78% of cases. Yes, 78% of people who have IBS could actually have SIBO. And that is like clearly outlined in numerous studies. So let's dive deeper into this. Like I want to tell you what SIBO is, the symptoms, the testing, some treatment. And it's something that I'm really, really passionate about. And I'm actually doing a webinar this month on the 19th of October um, for Designs for Health. It's a company, um, a naturopathic company uh, that we use and they uh, make and manufacture uh, some amazing products that I use in clinic for a lot of my gut health patients. And they invited me to come on and serve their practitioners and their practitioner community. And I'm actually presenting a webinar to my colleagues and on this exact topic and talking about whether, you know, their patients are suffering from IBS and SIBO and educating them. So I don't know, maybe you're a practitioner and you're listening to my podcast. So if you are, go and sign up to that. It's free. Um, If you can't find the link, just send me a message and I will send it to you because yeah, what a wonderful opportunity for you as a practitioner to come and learn some more about IBS and SIBO. 
But let's get into today's episode with some more juicy information. So many, many, many people get the diagnosis of IBS, right? It is so common. It's one of the most common things that people book in appointments and work with me for. Well, that's what they're thinking they're coming to me to help them for. But I actually find some other things such as SIBO. So what's actually happening is that the the doctors are giving them that diagnosis and then they're kind of saying maybe go and see a dietitian or manage their stress and a lot of people just try to kind of manage it on their own with no real solution to addressing the root cause and what i really 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 want you to know today is that most cases SIBO sorry IBS is actually in fact SIBO And I'm definitely not saying today that IBS isn't a condition because I want you to understand that some patients do have IBS, but there is a very, very high amount of patients that have IBS that actually have SIBO, okay, and it needs to be ruled out. So let's talk about SIBO. SIBO is actually a pretty serious condition affecting the small bowel, and it What it means is that there's an overgrowth of bacteria um, in the small bowel that normally grows in other parts of the gut, so commonly the large bowel. And when you're diagnosed with IBS, it's really, really important to make sure that you're getting proper testing to determine if this overgrowth is happening for you, because this can actually be the root cause of your gut issues. And... I also want to make mention here that just because you do go and get, just say you have IBS at the moment and then you go and get the testing and you find out that you have SIBO, that doesn't mean that SIBO in itself is a diagnosis because you then need to take one step further and find the underlying cause of the SIBO as well. Okay. And we'll talk about this a little bit more. So some of the symptoms for SIBO are really really similar to IBS so their anxiety depression bloating constipation diarrhea abdominal pain like puffiness in the body discomfort around the abdomen and even symptoms such as heartburn or acid reflux Um, and it's really really important to get this evaluated properly so that you can know how to treat it properly so when it comes to testing there are a few key things that I want to share today And the most common way to test for SIBO is via a breath test. And this will determine if you have methane, hydrogen, or even hydrogen sulfide overgrowth in your gut, because it's actually pretty funky, right? Like your bacteria in your gut produce gases, and there's only a couple of ways that they can get out of the body. And one of them is through the lungs. So this is um, a breath test that detects the gases. Uh, that are produced by the bacteria. So the breath test will be over a series, like the actual test that you do, you actually do that over a series of a few hours over a few days for the most accurate results. Now you're doing it over multiple days because what's actually happening is I recommend that you use a test that tests for the three gases. So that means lactulose, glucose, and fructose. And this may be different. So maybe you have IBS and you've been tested for SIBO, but perhaps you only had the lactulose test done. And I just 
want to share with you that there is a potential in this case for a false negative result to occur. So I believe that testing for lactulose, glucose, and fructose means that we can make sure that you're definitely not reacting to any of those substances because it is really common. So right, I have had patients come to see me who had been tested with other practitioners and that just the lactulose was used and they were told that they don't have SIBO and now they're like, well, and they didn't get better, right? And then they just kind of did general gut health treatments and gut healing and digestive enzymes and they felt a little bit better, but things weren't like, they just felt like they weren't getting the results they wanted. And I'm like, okay, well, let's do some glucose and fructose testing. And bang, 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 there we go. We're actually finding that there's either an elevated methane, hydrogen, or sometimes um, a hydrogen sulfide positive case with either the glucose or um, the fructose. Okay, so this may be a little bit confusing and overwhelming, and that's okay because you just need to find somebody who knows this information um, and, and can help you to interpret it because the interpretation side of it is really, really important as well. Okay, and so after you ingest the lactulose, the glucose, and the fructose, depending on how it ferments in your gut, this test will then determine the type of gas that is produced if any, um, by the bacteria, and then it will indicate whether or not you actually have a positive SIBO result. So I just mentioned before uh, a little bit about the interpretation of SIBO, and I want to dive a little bit deeper into this because this is the second stage, right? So you, you want it, you're getting the test done and then you need someone to interpret it and make sure that it is so, so important that you're working with someone who knows how to read and interpret these SIBO results properly. Um, because what you can actually see in some of these SIBO results is you can start to get a picture of what's also happening in the large bowel. So they can, depending on the way that, um, the bacteria are reacting in, you know, the later stages of the testing. So around, you know, a hundred minutes onwards, we're starting to look more at large bowel impacts there, and we can actually start to see some rises in some fermentation happening. Okay. And I want to use a little bit of a case study here to explain this further. So at the moment, I'm actually working with a patient and they tested positive for hydrogen um, dominant SIBO. And that was based off the lactulose test. But what they actually also had also on the lactulose test was LIBO. And you're probably thinking, oh, Carly, what the hell's LIBO? Now you're like adding in another word and what does this mean? So... LIBO is large intestinal bacterial overgrowth, all right? And what this patient had was methane, large intestinal bacterial overgrowth, okay? And this is unique to her. Like, she has SIBO, she has LIBO, and it makes her plan really different. You know, if just saying you have SIBO can actually mean nothing. What type of SIBO do you have? How severe is it? Is it just the small bowel? Are we looking at the large bowel as well? Because this is what then determines what type of treatment plan you're going to receive. Because I have now with this patient used specific treatment for hydrogen dominant SIBO, but I'm also implementing strategies to help with that large bowel clearance of the bacteria and large bowel treatment as well, which is, they're really different. And I do it in different stages and at different times. There is never a cookie cutter 
protocol or system when it comes to treating SIBO and IBS or any kind of gut health issue. And I will promise you, I run my Nourish Gut program and I've currently got an amazing group of um, women in there at the moment. And there's a handful of them that I'm treating for SIBO. They are all different. There are elements of what they are doing that are similar, but they're all taking different things at different times and for different reasons. So if you feel like you're kind of just doing a cookie cutter protocol or you're not getting better, dive deeper, get a second opinion and see if if things can change because it is a really big condition, right? It's complex and there's so many layers to SIBO um, and everyone's individual and we must, must, must treat our clients this way. All right. So if you're pracky listening, I hope that's kind of been helpful as well. Um, and obviously, if you're a member of the general public, this is going to be a lot of new information to you. But I hope that that's useful as well, because maybe you're like, oh, this is exactly what I need to do. And you can take steps to do uh, in the right direction. Let's move into treatment. This is another really big, um, important step in, in the, the SIBO roadmap. So if you've been given the diagnosis of SIBO, um, you're now going to need to treat it. Okay. And there are some very different key aspects to treating SIBO. And I do believe that it's commonly not treated properly. This is why I actually co-wrote an ebook um, for health practitioners to help them learn about how to effectively treat SIBO more. So if you are a practitioner listening today, you can jump on my website and purchase our book to learn more about that um, and everything that I'm about to talk as well as, you know, what SIBO is. And yeah, there's so much information in that book. It was an absolute labor of love. So I hope that you love it. Um, The first part of treatment that I want to talk to you about is actually diet. And like, this has to be like one of the most important aspects of the treatment Um, and it's an essential thing that needs to happen and we eat food so many times a day so you know and it has a huge impact on digestion so it's it's very clear as to why that's an important step in treating people with SIBO so every SIBO patient will need to make dietary changes and again there is no cookie cutter diet for SIBO either okay so if you're kind of looking for the easy way out today (laughs) and you're like hoping to leave here with like great i'm gonna like i know i have SIBO and i'm gonna go and try that (sighs) i'm sorry but i don't have that answer for you because again it really depends on what type of SIBO you have um and i would use different types of dietary therapies for different types of SIBO. Um, And it's also taking into consideration what else is going on. What else is going on in their life? What other digestive things do they have? Do they have endo? Do they have, you know, no no one ever just has SIBO, right? We've always got other things going on. So, but let's talk about some of the options. So you've got the FODMAP diet, you've got the biphasic diet, there's the elemental diet, there's vegan and vegetarian diets and options, and there's also um, what's called the low hydrogen sulfide diet. Um, So once I know what type of SIBO the patient has and I've reviewed their current diet habits and I know what is going to be good for them, I then create that plan with a dietary therapy um, that I use to help treat them. 
And once we have effectively cleared the SIBO and retested to ensure that we have effectively treated it, so that's something that's an important note as well, um, is that always follow up your SIBO treatment with a test. Um, I then move my clients into a microbiome promoting diet. And this is something I'm really proud of. It's something that I um, have called the Nourish Gut Diet. Um, and some of my patients, depending on, you know, where they're at, even very early on working with me, they get put straight on this diet. It's how much I love it. Um, and this basically helps patients to maintain and rebalance their microbiome and it can help uh, prevent relapse um, SIBO. And it's full of education, actually teaching people like how to eat food and how to eat with whole foods. Um, so it's something that, yeah, I absolutely love um, that and it's a really great way to yeah come out the other end of SIBO and, and introduce foods back in and have a diet of abundance and inclusion which I'm so passionate about now alongside the dietary th therapies um, each client also needs to undertake further treatment again it needs to be specific to their type of SIBO and I want to share with you today that I do not believe that SIBO can be effectively removed and treated with diet alone. So, you know, definitely you need to be doing the diet stuff and you're not going to be able to get the full resolution without changing diet and sticking to that. But you're going to need to use things like herbal antimicrobials, prokinetics, probiotics, prebiotics, digestive repair and support and healing the gut. And then also using, you know, key nutritional therapies to address the malnutrition that's going on and coexisting with SIBO. Okay, so it's important to treat the entire digestive system, not just the small bowel with SIBO, because you're missing, you're missing points then. Okay, and you're going to have a higher rate of relapse if, you, if you're not doing that. It's also important to work out the underlying cause of the SIBO. So we have things like the migrating motor complex issues. You've got infections, structural issues, coexisting conditions like before when I mentioned endometriosis and even things like mold illness. I've got an incredible case at the moment that I'm working with who's got SIBO and mold um, and it's been just blowing my mind. Um, such incredible results. Um, and we're finally starting off with the SIBO. We started treating the mold um, and and we're now moving into um, some SIBO treatment. Um, and, you know, and even things like autoimmune diseases, we have to address the individual. And unless you seek out and identify the underlying cause, there will be um, relapses happening in, in patients and in, in you if you have SIBO. Oh, so much information. I love it. I just love this, this topic. Um, and I love helping people with SIBO. It fills my heart. So if you, um, are a person that has had a diagnosis of IBS and you're dealing with a lot of abdominal symptoms and you really want to get to the bottom of it, it's really important to consider SIBO as one of the possibilities. You want to make sure that you're using breath testing. Let's kind of recap what we've talked about today. You want to make sure that you're using breath testing, the right testing, having somebody who is knowledgeable and able to interpret those results so that they can either rule in or rule out. You need to look for and treat the underlying cause of the SIBO um, as opposed to just treating your symptoms. Okay. And then also look at uh, you know, ways that you can move through your SIBO treatment 
and prevent relapse. Okay, so I want you to know that it's it's not about just treating your symptoms and living with IBS and food intolerances for the rest of your life. Okay, you don't need to do that. It, there is a way, and I think today we've talked a little bit that about that, and I hope that you've got a little bit of hope there. If you do, you do have IBS. And then we also talked about and shined a light on some key areas for treatment and why assessing you as an individual is absolutely key to having SIBO treatment success. So I'm going to wrap it up there today, but I want to leave you with um, a question. And I want to ask you to imagine what it would be like to no longer have IBS. And I then want you to know that that is a hundred percent possible you just need to look deeper and work with somebody who knows what they're looking at and knows the ins and outs of this specific condition thank you so much for listening and i cannot wait to chat with you again soon take care did you like what you heard leave us a review if you'd like to learn more about my Nourish Gut program or the Nourish Gut Kids membership, head over to my website. Would you like to be a part of a community that gets it? Join our Facebook group, Nourish Gut Community, or come and follow me over on Instagram. All of these links can be found in the show notes. Thank you for listening, and I will see you next time on the Nourish Gut Podcast. <laughs>